Where art thou? Where art thou? Chit chat. Get all worked up and try to put it off, 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 then do it. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Hello. Hi, it's Paul. Hi, and Danielle's here as well. <laughs> Hi, Paul. Danielle, how are you doing? Super duper. Good, how are you, Sandra? Well, fine, thank you. You're hanging in there. Hanging in there, yeah. What have you been up to? Oh, what have I been up to? Well, um, the majority of my time is taken with, uh, is taken by the courses online. I finishing two courses. One is a graduate course and one is an undergraduate upper level seminar in Italian. So, but on the side, I've been, uh, I've kept up, of course, my usual things, the readings. And uh, one new thing I did this uh, since the COVID emergency was to start watching some TV series that I had put off. It was a way to reconnect people for me, too. I've been watching the Elena Ferrante, My Brilliant Friend, which um, is uh, airing on Crave right now. And so it's, uh, you know, Elena Ferrante's series, My Brilliant Friends, plus other books have been international successes for for years now. And um, and in Italy, the Saverio Costanzo, this, this Italian director, um, started adapting um, these four books of My Brilliant Friends, technology, to, um, to a TV series. So I was always reluctant to watch it because... I read the books I, I presented at conferences about Elena Ferrante. And, I, you know, you want to keep your memory of the narrative in your mind without being spoiled by somebody else's visual rendition. And it was it was received so well. Everybody thought, thought it's a masterpiece. So I started watching it. And, in fact, it's a fantastic adaptation, I must say. I completely bought into it. <laughs> so that's... Uh, wow. Uh, so I've been, in the meanwhile, I also read the latest Elena Ferrante book, which uh, came out in Italian and is not yet translated. And, and, and I think it's very interesting to see how it all ties into the um, previous uh, set of books. So, um, as I said, reconnecting also to to Italy, Italian culture. I mean, I follow the news a bit too obsessively these days, especially, you know, given what happened mm -hmm. uh, uh, in in Italy, but uh, it was a good way to bridge, uh, you know, my uh, personal academic interest uh, and uh, and also be reimmersed into Italian culture in a sense. And then another thing uh, I was doing these days because it ties into teaching uh, a teaching course on European identities and. Um, and really, it got me thinking. We talk a lot about memory. It's a course about memory and identity, and we talk about about the Holocaust a lot, uh, about uh, Middle East and Europe. Um, and uh, we recently, in the last couple of weeks, have been focusing on <clears throat> on one particular uh, author who talks about how will how do we remember things. Uh, in uh, and it's Rothberg talking about multidirectional memory. He and he basically presents two models of memory. I mean, it's not any a new thing, but he does a very good job in in showing how uh, there is usually at work uh, a model of memory which is called competitive memory, where each group, each community, looks at his own. Um, 
memory and uh, and um, doesn't articulate that into um, a memory that instead pertains or can be in dialogue with other communi- communities and their memories. And I was reflecting about how, I'm thinking already, how would we remember what we're going through? Oh, yeah. And, I've been and thinking that, about that too. Yeah, yeah. So uh, how will we want, uh, not even, I mean, in the short term, but also in the long term, what will mm-hmm. be the memories of mm-hmm. this, of these experience? And, um, you know, um, Rothberg says that memories are not owned by groups and groups are not owned by memories. And he says that the borders of memory and identity are jacked. And so... Um, Will we um, remember this as the Canadian mm-hmm. experience of COVID, the American, the Italian, the uh, French, or this will in fact become um, a common history, a common memory? To, it's, it's never too early to start thinking about that. Also because many talks about a, a real opportunity to um to have these experience inform our collective way of uh, uh, looking at each other, remembering our shared past, and therefore creating a new form of uh, community. It might be a bit utopian, but utopias are there to point us towards certain directions. I mean, a big test will be how people respond to a need, which is a need of another human being. It doesn't matter if this other human being is, uh, you know, a citizen, a legal immigrant, an illegal immigrant, or whatever. It, it's just another human being who needs uh, help at this moment. And so um, somewhere... Again, I read a lot of European papers, and, and there were these—they uh, um, call them the—you know—the angels who go door to door to, in fact, give uh, food, provide the needs to um, whatever these older people, the isolated, the lonely people, uh, need. And so, um, we'll, this is already a, a human chain that it's—it's it's happening right now. Um, the fact is, we have to face all this with uh, to be very creative and very efficient at the same time, which the <laughs> two don't really go hand in hand. You need time to prepare. But uh, so this probably will be something that in the aftermath we'll be able to um, to test on the um, our our society's um, effectiveness. So we'll we'll see. You know, yeah. one way to measure the Gandhi said that, and it comes up a lot these days. Um, what is the, the the yardstick to measure the degree of civilization of a society, and it is to cater to the needs of the of of the most unfortunate of those who are most in need. So we'll see if we stand up to the test. I was talking to my cousin the other day. She works. Uh, she works at the University of Oxford as a computer scientist, and. She said, "Oh my gosh, the, com- the science community here is is all in you know is in hyperactivity. You can just feel it. It's almost palpable." And but I think that all of us are you know you are bringing all this in in your in your daily work. And for me, definitely in the graduate course, it's it's part of this. Uh, um, of, of reflecting on memory, and I'm already thinking, as I said, how would we remember this? And uh, and the students are thinking about this too, and they are affected. Some students are back, are international students are in Spain, Germany, in the UK. They all left, and now we have this virtual class 
um, more discussion group will have one meeting face to face because it's a bit complex to have them. You know, they're too dispersed. And but um, yeah, I think it's something that uh, inevitably everybody brings home um, and applies to what they were studying mm-hmm. and doing. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that this is going to change the way we even interact with with people, um, maybe even like short term once this is done? Um, and I guess our like our social gatherings and how that's how we may see changes uh, in, in those areas. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, we do. <laughs> it's a, well, you know what? Uh, that's something that people have uh, mentioned a lot. And um, mm-hmm. I think that people will be a bit more wary. Uh, it, we, we're human. We develop instinct. Uh, we are so used now to see another person and move two meters away. Especially in Italian studies, you guys hug a lot too and kiss on the mm. cheek. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and um, very likely it would be a bit difficult to switch out of this instinct, at least for a little bit. And um, a colleague, I don't mention names because they might not want to <laughs> to be named, but said, "I don't know. I'll be back in a. I'll be back in a room again. I mean, I'm, I think I won't be able to stand the crowd after this." On the other hand, I think we are so starved of human contact that we'll be so grateful to be able to shake hands, to hug somebody. I think there will be a lot of tears. I don't know. Maybe I'm just too Italian in that. Yeah. And and when we resume our old habits, I wonder what will happen with somebody will remind us. Hey, remember back then? How vividly will we? Will it? Will we have internalized an, an instinct and we'll be able to relive it? I, I mean, you look at the animal behavior. Um, I mean, this morning the doorbell rang and my cat, as usual, ran down in the basement because she still remembers the one time the vet came and gave her all those shots. So the doorbell means, you know, pain or whatever it means for her. I don't know. But um, we certainly, um, in that, we are very, you know, um, close i think they're very close to to animal behavior and so it uh, would be very interesting to see i i wonder in those communities where they had the occasional bear maybe won't be so occasional anymore Uh, yeah yeah. now it's occasional bears (laughs) daily bears (laughs) uh we'll see what happens in wells in a little bit but um yeah, no, this, it's good that we can make, you know, a bit of uh, light uh, talk and humor about it. And in fact, I'm receiving a truckload of, uh, of really funny stuff. So from, from uh, especially from, from, I don't know, Italians have not enough to do <laughs> and they're becoming too creative. Uh, but there is a lot of um, uh, of stuff, which is also, I think, a deterrent, a way to offset uh, anxiety and it's very healthy to do so it's not irreverent or anything it's the east coast way for us yeah well for me (laughs) divert with humor (laughs) divert with humor yes yeah, well, uh, well, see, I wonder. Um, it would be, it will be nice. I hope you also interview uh, or have blogs with political scientists and other people to also see how what they think would, this would mean for um, our relationship with our neighbors, the Americans, and uh, you know, just uh, all all this will really um, reshape so many aspects of our lives, and uh, we'll ha- we'll need time to digest it. And, I, like most people, think I could start a bakery after all this, with all the sourdough bread I've been making over the last few weeks. Oh, join us at Solal. I know that Rudy Girl wants to start a bakery. I'm in for, well, he's a fantastic baker. I can, okay, I mentioned somebody. Sorry, Rudy Girl. 
Um, and uh, so, no, I think the bakery is great. Yeah, tell me what you want me to do. Uh, All right, this is great. So have you been baking any food mm-hmm. or anything, <laughs> uh, experimenting, learning anything with that? Uh, my 13-year-old discovered baking, and she's making uh, chocolate chip cookies to die for. So I restrained from baking in the last while because um, – we, there is three of us, and we devour everything. So, so the activity yeah. is not very, you know, uh, we're not running or, or, or being incredibly active. So it's better to limit the calorie intake. But she bakes and, and eats three quarter of that, thank God, and um, and burns every single calorie. Yeah. So that's good. That's uh, <laughs> very healthy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. What are you baking, Paul? Uh, well, I'm always making cookies. I uh, secretly a cookie nerd. <laughs> I'm learning how to do the sourdough bread for the last couple of weeks. Um, and now apparently I heard on the radio, it's all the, the rage, apparently. So. <laughs> Any recipes you'd like to share? <laughs> yeah, but the, I, I, had, I got a recipe the other day from, uh, from the internet, how to create the mother yeast for sourdough. So yeah, the starter. So yeah, it's uh, every anything can be done. We are becoming creative again, rewinding the clock to you know how our grandparents were doing things, and um, yeah. So maybe you treat us to your bread once we reopen. Oh, I've been. Mm. I make more than I keep. So yes, I have been handing it mm-hmm. out. <laughs> it's a lot of patience, and usually time is what we don't have, or continue. You know, the continuity of being at home for three, four hours, or, or waiting for the dough to raise. And now all that is available. You know, we're all um, stay-at-home housewives. Yes, <laughs> house people. Thank you very much. Yeah, absolutely, house people. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, are you? Uh, what are you doing uh, these days? Are you baking too? Yeah, uh, I have made I've made a couple batches of cookies myself. I have been doing a lot more like cooking in general. I think normally we, um, my partner and I, will get uh, we'll we'll order takeout a little more often. But now we've been a little more adamant about mm-hmm. cooking our own meals. Mm-hmm. So that's been kind of fun trying mm-hmm. new recipes. Um, yeah, I do. I do want to take on the sourdough bread challenge. Like I do want to try it to say I've tried it. Uh, I'm starting to feel like there's a little bit of uh, a competition if you <laughs> to see how productive you are in isolation. <laughs> and, uh, I think the top tier is making the bread. Mm-hmm. Well, Paul could post a video for the college and yeah, it's mm-hmm. true. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, much time nice. on my hands. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. Yeah, I know. I know. Well, I find that we really need you know, the moment of creativity right now. You need to stop and disengage and, and do yeah. something which is also uh, tangible, that you see yeah. that what you have done is in front of you, uh, where you cannot wait yeah. you know, for the result of it in two months or so. Because uh, I think um, it's, yeah. it's really needed yeah. this time mm-hmm. to, um, you know, lots of sewing, mm-hmm. um crochet doing or cooking or yeah yeah and, and to, to complete something like yeah. you said you can see the timeline you can see the end goal yeah. and you have created something by the end and uh it was completely in your control yeah sandra you should go on um consider using duolingo <laughs> for italian and you would like breeze right through it and get all the upgrades like probably within a day you'd probably get through all the uh, i have my own online <laughs> italian course that i created i can update that and i need some updating actually i'm going to do that yeah nobody it's 
terribly um, there is great satisfaction in that in seeing that you have created something that you know maybe has to do also with our sense of our mortality that something is out there and is there to stay it doesn't doesn't you know, depend on, on you anymore but you are the artifacts of that it's just uh, uh, let the psychologist tell us why that is but it's uh, deeply rewarding and comforting especially at this time would you have like an italian phrase or something that would wrap up or motivate people oh Gosh, if you don't ask me this a week yeah. ago, and I would have prepared. <laughs> uh, well, one thing that people people say uh, is "ce la faremo." It we will make it. We will come out of this, yeah. you know. And uh, mm-hmm. it's people have put that on the on the windows, and uh, um, it's uh, and then there is endless uh, irony uh, on this sentence. So, <laughs> but um, yeah, that's one thing that people have uh, taken up as a slogan. How do you say it again? Che C E then another word, L-A, and then uh, faremo, F-A-R-E-M-O. We will do it or make it. Ce la faremo, yeah. So yeah. we will emerge from this. Well, yeah. we will. Mm-hmm. Hashtag emerge from yeah. this. Uh, hashtag Chelsea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's nice to talk to people from from the College of Arts. We have a, yeah. uh, usually a Friday uh, coffee with um, Microsoft Teams at Solar, which is very nice. So we can see each other and have a virtual coffee at 11 o'clock. So it is really nice. Yeah. So I'm, I'm very grateful. We should chime in and call you guys. Uh, yeah. Join uninvited. Right I wonder how that yes. would be received. <laughs> Awesome. Well, we gotta we gotta wrap up here. But can we call you back? See how you're doing? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, Paul. All right. And awesome. Danielle, thank you very much. Very thank pleasant. You so much. Take oh, care. thank you, Sandra. Ciao. 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 Bye. Take care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Chit chat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.